The Antidote welcomes Jolt Nemeti, the creator of Darkwave. Thanks so much for coming for a talk. Thank you very much for having me here. I like to ask every guest on The Antidote about their music roots. When did you first start playing guitar? I first started playing the guitar when I was a small child. Actually, my my parents bought me a, a very small guitar and and I fell in love with the instrument immediately. I started to listen to guitar players like Tony Iommi or Richie Blackmore and you know all those all those big famous guys from the 80s and 70s. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> this was a very very nice period in my life because I got a couple of friends who had the same interest in making music like me. And soon I switched to, to the electric guitar. And then when I was around 15 or 16 years old, we, we started to have an interest in forming a band. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was like a garage band and, and we enjoyed ourselves very much. And then then I think I was doomed because, because I, I fell in love with the instru- instrument immediately. <laughs> So it's always been metal for you. You didn't have any other interests. It was metal and also classical music, but uh, my parents uh, wanted me to, to play classical guitar. Uh, yeah, they, they started to guide me on the right path, and I started some music theory and, and stuff like that. But basically, I was interested in rock music. And I was raised in the, in the 80s. I was born in the 70s, and then I was raised in the 80s. And... It was during the communist era in Hungary, and it was it was quite hard to get uh, rock and metal uh, records from the music market because there were none. It was practically criminalized, and it was uh, considered uh, for uh, as a music for people living in the in the border of society, and. I could just listen to a couple of Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple, and Black Sabbath, maybe ACDC songs, and. And I was mesmerized with the sound, with the energy that came from those instrumental instruments and, and from those bands. And now you're able to do it all yourself. I hope so. <laughs> Maybe you should tell us what the metal scene is like in Hungary. It's an interesting question, because in Hungary, I think the metal scene was uh, a little bit behind the Western countries. So in the 80s, there were a couple of cute heavy metal bands like which is uh, one of the first frontrunners of the Hungarian metal scene and Ossian and and also a couple of rock bands but they were they were actually criminalized as I said and we were into metal bands like the Sabbath and the new wave of British heavy metal and and bands like this but when you wanted to buy a record you had to travel to Austria or Germany and because of the limited amount of money that you had it was a like a treasure hunt. I understand. And, and then in the 90s, when the change of the system took place, we actually were liberated from the pressure of the communist government and and, and everything, everything opened up. And it was the first touch of the free world for us. And we, we went abroad. We, we bought a lot of records. We, we had radio stations that started to play rock and metal music. And then slowly it developed and we had quite good rock and metal bands. And, and uh, right now we had very good, not just uh, the mainstream rock bands, but we had very good underground rock bands. And I'm very much into trash and death metal. And I, I love a couple of bands like Anger Seed or, or Archaic. 
these are my favorite Hungarian bands, and they play quite good death and trash metal. That's cool. You know, ever since I first heard your music, I've been wondering how you chose the band name Darkwave. Because, I mean, Darkwave is also a music genre, but your sound is nothing like a typical Darkwave song. Yeah, 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 this is a, an excellent question. One of my favorite bands is a band from the U.S. Uh, they called Nevermore. They disbanded a couple of years ago, and, and, and unfortunately the singer had died. But uh, they are still in my heart, and I love their music very much. And their third album is the, called Dreaming Neon Black. This album has a song entitled I Am The Dog. And one of the, the lines in the lyrics of this song says that, uh, I try to quote it quite correctly, the dark wave comes, sanity slips away, she screams from the alcove, I am the dog. And th this is, seems to be a very strong lyrics to me, and this is actually one of my favorite songs from Nevermore, and, and I was touched by these words, and I was touched by this band, and I decided to call my band actually this is not a band but a solo project i call this dark wave i know it doesn't have anything to do with the, the genre of dark wave but but this was so strong and i was touched emotionally so strongly by these words that i i didn't actually think about choosing any other name so you're admitting that you actually stole the name <laughs> yeah 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 sure <laughs> Here's something else that I'm sure you've been asked a thousand times. Why keep the music instrumental? I was thinking about it very often. First, I wanted to do uh, a normal metal music with lyrics and, and vocals, maybe polyphonic vocals. And my first band in my childhood and in my, in my adolescence was, was a metal band that was something between this neoclassical metal and and the more brutal stuff with with polyphonic chorus and, poly, and polyphonic vocals mm -hmm. i i also wrote a lot of uh, lyrics thinking about making uh, music with with lyrics but but right now uh, the, to, to put it quite simple i didn't find a singer uh, i tried to sing myself but i didn't find my voice so good as to, to record these very immature uh, vocal experimentations. So I decided to keep it instrumental, which was partly uh, deliberate and partly instinctive, but I, uh, I I wasn't sure whether my vocals will be good enough. I never said that my my, my music is, is too good. I think it's just a, an honest representation of myself. But I'm sure that my voice is not good enough to, to keep up with the guitar playing. So maybe I will try to, to give it one more experimentation in the future. But right now I'm stuck in this situation and I, I don't know whether I will ever be able to, to do anything else, uh, just uh, other, uh, other from instrumental music. I'm still not, uh, not sure about hiring or asking a friend to make the vocals because I pretty much got used to playing myself alone and I like these long nights of experimentation alone here in my small room and it's quite intimate and I'm not sure that 
playing in a, in a normal band with others would give me the same feeling. I totally understand that. Because I've seen other bands go through that same situation. Mm. Not having a vocalist, struggling to find a vocalist, and then just having to deal with other band members. But when you're doing it all on your own, you're only having to deal with yourself. Yeah, sure. That's exactly the situation. It's a pretty lonely path, actually, I have to add. Because sometimes I, I, I really want to get an advice from how to build up a, a drum sample or how to play a, a bass line. Mm-hmm. But, but right now, this is the situation. I have to do the, the, all the tasks. And, and I'm partly happy with it. And I'm partly yearning for other people's companies. So it's, <laughs> it's always a balance. Exactly. Well, then tell me something. Can an instrumental song actually tell a story? I hope so, yeah. When I start to build up ideas, I always have a story in my in my mind. It's not that accurate, like uh, what you hear in the in the end in the recorded samples, but but I have something what I want to to, to express because I, I really used to to mention that music is is nothing else but a, a, an, an honest representation of the person's inner self. And if you really concentrate on the topic that you want to express, that it has to somehow blow uh, into your music. I'm not sure that I can really formulate these thoughts, but but I was always wondering how to express my feelings in music. And I think feelings can be transmitted into music even without words. Well, that ties into something that you mentioned to me in an email. And you told me that my music isn't intentionally, but rather instinctively Christian. Yeah. Can you expand on that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually a practicing Christian, but I never wanted to limit myself only to talk about my, my religious beliefs. I just try to express what I think about life in general. And I, I feel about things surrounding me, my, the, the love for the other people and the love for, for actually the love for God and the, the love for the world around me and all those things that has some influence on me in my life. And, and I think a music that can be considered Christian is always just the representation of, of a person behind the music who is actually Christian. It's not necessarily it has to be directly a christian music but if you are a christian or if you if you believe in in what you believe then it will flow through and flow into your spiritual self and it, it will somehow be expressed in your music i'm not sure that it's correctly said but i try to see it this way well it's clear to me well that also bring up another point that you also raised in your email and you said Having some background in Catholic theology, I also find it easy to express myself using Christian terminology and symbolism. So now, Catholic theology, was that from training at a seminary? No. Actually, my profession is a neurobiologist. I'm working for a pharma company as a neuroscientist, but I also had an interest in in theology because... I was always trying to rationalize a lot of things in my faith, and I tried to understand the history, the dogmas, the the cultural background behind my faith, and and I learned 
once I decided 15 or maybe even more years ago that I will go to a a Catholic university in Hungary that has a training in Catholic theology for for civilians. I never attended to a seminary. I just uh, tried to to get a master in Catholic theology and, and actually I did, but it was just because of interest and not uh, to become a priest. I do find this interesting because here you are, a great metal musician, and then also you're a neurobiologist. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It just seems to be two diametrically opposed things. Does this mean that making music is just for fun? Yeah, actually... um in my childhood, I was trained to learn some music theory, but I'm not a trained musician. I'm, I'm a self-trained musician, actually. I always try to formulate my own ways, and, and I never made money out of music. This is actually a quite good situation, because you don't have to worry about influence of others or influence of, of the label, record labels. I wouldn't say it like this, that it is for, just for fun, because I, I really cannot imagine my life without making music. This is uh, something that necessarily comes from my, my personality. I wouldn't be able to, to live without practicing every evening, and I wouldn't be able to live without trying at least to record something every day or every second day. Mm-hmm. But I don't uh, make money out of music, and I have a regular daily job. I used I used to go to Budapest to, to, to work every day and, and and I I actually love my job and I wouldn't even exchange the life of a neuroscientist in exchange for a life of a musician because I, I also really love my job. Oh wonderful. You've got the best of both worlds. Yeah, that's true. You know what? We should get into the Dark Wave debut, the Hexapla album. Now, I had to Google the name to find out what it meant. So maybe I should have you tell our listeners what Hexapla is. Mm-hmm. Hexapla is a book, actually a compilation of translation from the New Testament. Uh, it was done in the second, the end of the second century by, by Origen, who was a, a famous Catholic theologian. He really tried to put together six translations of the of the New Testament and from line to line he, he put beside the, each other the, beside the text to each other's and these six translations of the Bible was called hexapla because hexapla means something like sixfold mm-hmm. and and uh, and the names in my debut album uh, like Aquila or Simacus or Theodosian is uh, are the the original translation the translators of these texts? The album also included the song Septuagint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Catholic edition of the Bible. Yeah, which also includes more books than what the Protestant Church follows. Yes, is that a significant difference? It can be called a significant difference. Yes, but actually, I have a backstory behind the Hexapla. And I didn't really reflect uh, on the, the theological differences between the Catholic and Protestant churches. I actually had a, a very, very old songbook or lyrics book where I tried to compile six different texts about the same topic. Uh, 10 or 15 years ago, I, I had a very good friend and and he was quite a good friend uh, and, and we, we had 
uh, quite an interesting life together. We did a lot of lot of music together, and we 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 were exchanging thoughts, and we had quite a similar uh, worldview. And later, uh, this guy became estranged from me. Actually, the friendship between us somehow cooled out, and and he became like a stranger to me. And and it was it was somewhat sad and actually touched my, my, my imagination and I wrote six uh, different texts about this. And I was actually first thinking of making a, an Orma metal album with these lyrics. But uh, due to the reasons we were talking about a couple of minutes ago, I, I decided to keep it like this in an inst- as an instrumental album. But we're talking a lot about religion and about uh, our beliefs on how the world is actually set up and and what are the the basic principles of human life and i thought that it has some some resemblance to a sixfold translation of the of, of the new testament because we were we were exchanging a lot of thoughts about catholicism i somehow thought that it would be a a good story but without words and and then i decided to to, to keep it this way so that that's actually basically the the personal story behind the hexapla. Well, it was good to hear that. Something about that album too is that you surprised me a bit because it was last summer that you released Hexapla, and this spring you brought out the remastered version of the album. I'm trying to sort that out. You just wanted to improve the sound. Yeah, actually, that was the reason. With Hexapla. I had a long story behind the creation of Hexapla because I was starting to write this album a couple of years ago, but I didn't really have any chances to to record it because I didn't have a a computer good enough. And actually, I was changing uh, a guitar to another one. And and my life was was quite complicated because I had to, to work a lot in my workplace, which is not a complaint, but... But you know there are objectives, and and it's it's quite hard to put together your personal life with with your professional life sometimes. Then the recording of Exapla was delaying and delaying, and I, I I thought that it will never end, and I never will be able to to release this first album. And then two years ago, during the lockdown, the COVID lockdown, I finally saw that there is no reason to delay delay it further because. If it goes like this, then it will be never released. <laughs> and I decided to record the whole stuff, and I decided to put it this way. I have to admit, I wanted to do something finally, and uh, and I was not happy with the sound at the end of the day. And I was thinking how to improve the sound. And a couple of months after the release of Hexapla, I, I decided to partly record it once again, because in the original Hexapla, if you listen to it carefully, then you will hear that the bass lines are uh, programmed by computer. And then in the re- reissue of the original album, I tried to record normal bass lines with, with using a guitar. And I tried to improve the sound and I tried to make it more thick and fat because I originally wasn't very happy with uh, with this slightly blurred and a bit thin sound of the original album. I, I know that this is also always a constant process of improving myself, but 
if I had time, I would <laughs> I would easily do a re reissue of the original album <laughs> because right now I have a couple of ideas how to to make it even better. But <laughs> of course, there won't be another issue. <laughs> you're making it sound like you're a perfectionist. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. It it can be. Yeah. <laughs> I know that the word perfectionist is not not always positive, but, but in, in the positive area of, of the word perfectionist. <laughs> June 1st of this year, Darkwave released its second full length. Now, am I saying this right? Missa in Nominata? Yes, perfect. So there's another album title that needs explaining. Uh, Missa in Nominata is actually, can be translated to uh, Unnamed Mass. Uh, when I was younger, I was playing in the in a band that made uh, worship music during church services, and we were trying to experiment with different uh, masses. In the Catholic liturgy, there are different parts that are stably there in the mass, like the like the Kyrie, the Gloria, the Sanctus, and the Agnus Dei. And I tried to to, to focus on these uh, four tracks as the pillar of the whole album. And uh, there is an introduction, which is called Introitus in Latin, and, and there is a, an, another track at the end, which is called Post Communio, which is actually played after the, the Holy Communion. I see. So I think everybody's familiar with those terms for these song titles. Then does Darkwave's music, is it meant to build up the Catholic Mass, or are you just trying to give it a different perspective? I, I wouldn't experiment with the concept of the Catholic Mass. I, I wouldn't do such thing. I just try to, to give my own perspectives about how the Catholic Mass resonates in my spirit. It's, it was interesting because uh, I actually played this, uh, this album to a couple of friends who are doing uh, church music, how to say it, worship music, uh, church services. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was interesting how they reacted to this album because partly they thought that it's okay and it's always okay to to give personal perspectives about uh, about the Catholic Mass and and there were a couple of people who said that it's some somewhat sacrilegious or 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 it doesn't fit to the original concept of Catholic liturgical music which I never wanted because I never wanted to make a, a liturgical music. I never intended to to be a, uh, a worship music, and I never wanted people to play this music during church services. I just wanted to to highlight a couple of emotions that flow through my spirit when I I attend to a to a mass, and I I just wanted to to formulate in the in the language of metal these kind of feelings, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm, I do. And I suppose there's always people of a conservative faith that just struggle with any kind of a change. Uh, it can be, yes, and, but, but they were actually quite interestingly open. When I told them that I don't intend to, to reformulate the church's music or I don't want to, to put this music in front of the, uh, of the altar, then they, they were quite happy with it and they told me that it's okay to to say different kind of things about the same thing. Because every, everyone has an, an influence or, a, or a, a preconception about what Kyrie means. 
Mm-hmm. Because uh, people people expect to hear either the the normal Gregorian type of curious or or for Mozart or or I don't know, but when you bring forward a, a different concept, then it can be shocking, and I I totally understand that people doesn't really like the the way that others try to to ruin those preconceptions because I. Actually, it was not my intention to ruin anything. It was just my intention to to show that you can take a look at the same thing from a different angle or from it from this different perspective, which mm-hmm. is also quite conservative because I never intended to deviate myself from the from the teaching or from the from the view of the church on on music. But I never wanted to put this music into into the churches. I just wanted to to express how I feel when there is a, a point when the curious starts in the mess, or how how I feel when when the the hymnical type of things come through forward, like the the sanctus. Well, I'm sure when you started Darkwave that you must have had some expectations for the music. I guess I'm, what I'm really asking is. What kind of a reaction were you hoping for from your listeners? Yes, it's a good question because I always wanted to make people think. I don't know whether this is an expectation or this is just a a preconception, but I just wanted to shed a different type of light to the to the things, and and I'm so happy when people come back to me with the. With words like, oh, it was interesting, or it, it was shocking. I'm quite happy if people use these kind of strong expressions. Because it signifies that they had a, an emotional change when they, they listened to my music. An emotional change can also be the first sign of a change in the mindset. That's an excellent point. I hadn't thought about that. Well, you know something? I did a bit of research into your name, and I found out that Jot means one who is honored. So now, has that come true? Is God giving you honor as you create music for him? I don't know. I don't know. I never wanted to be honored, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just enjoying what I'm doing. And, you know, I'm so happy when people tell me that they got something from my music or they started to to think about things that I wanted to highlight in my music and and I think it's more important to me than honor or something like this. I just want to transmit feelings without words right now or maybe with words later but right now I, I my intention is to transmit my most inner feelings through my music. I'm sure you've asked before, even though Misa Inominata has just been released, what's the future plans for Darkwave? I have a lot of plans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Too many plans and not enough time? Uh, too many plans, not enough time. But my, my boss is always used to tell me that the day consists 24 hours and a night. So, so I think... I, I, I will always have enough time to make music because it's it's really a crucial question in my life. I've, I wouldn't be able to live without making music. And, and right now, I, I already have three more songs for a new release. And I intend to concentrate on a little bit darker, a little bit more heavy sound. Mm-hmm. And 
I have a concept in my mind because I always have a concept in my mind when I start to, to think about me making music, but I wouldn't tell anything about it right now. But what is sure that I will try to record a harsh, uh, more dark and in a way more, more sad album. You should have had that ready for Halloween. Oh, no, no. <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with Halloween. <laughs> What's the best place to find your music? I have a website. Uh, maybe the website can be a, a, a hub for my music. On the website, I have a small blog where I share a couple of ideas, musical inspirations and stories behind me and music. And uh, the website leads you directly to my Bandcamp site. And also I'm on Spotify. If you if you want to check me out, then, then I really, really appreciate it. And the website is? darkwavemetal.com Perfect. Jolt, I gotta say, thank you for sharing your time with The Antidote. It's been really great having you here. Thank you very much for having me here. Thank you very much, really. <laughs>